Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights. My name is Marco Iacchini, and I'm a cross-asset strategist for Standard Chartered Bank. On this episode of the podcast, we dive into the topic of Earth's precious liquid asset, water. Joining me today for this conversation, I have the pleasure of welcoming Jessica Lee, Head of Wholesale Distribution, Southeast Asia at BNP Paribas Asset Management. In 2020 and into 2021 thus far, climate change activism has come a long way and made its way into the headlines. What may have not been obvious to us is that water, although not always explicitly mentioned, is a critical part of this climate change conversation, as increasing temperatures have already been causing more severe droughts and floods. In this episode, we are here to discuss the global water crisis, as well as the government initiatives and industry developments that are supporting the growth of the water domain. We will also identify the investment opportunities which are arising in this area and assess how investing in water-related sectors could enhance investors' portfolios. Start us up and set the stage. Jessica, can you help us understand what we're dealing with when it comes to water? Thanks for having me today, Marco. Hello, everyone. Yes, indeed, water is a compelling theme because it's such a precious resource. Less than 1% of the Earth's fresh water is accessible, while demand has been increasing globally. We see factors like rising population, urbanization, changes in consumption patterns demanding for higher water standards, pushing up water demand. In fact, by 2030, water demand is expected to exceed supply by 40%, and nearly half of the human population could suffer from severe water stress. Water scarcity has also been identified as the top risk over the next 10 years, based on the 2015 Global Risk Survey report by the World Economic Forum. In water-intensive sectors such as agriculture, accounts for an average of 70% of total water consumption. So this points towards an insatiable demand for water. Anyway, the bottom line is that with a finite amount of fresh water and increasing demand, investments need to be channeled towards solving this uh, pressing issue. This makes water-related solutions a very interesting growth market. That's a great point, um, that more investment dollars are needed uh, to be channeled into addressing water issues, and uh, this is a matter of urgency. Now, can you please help us connect the water crisis to climate change? How does this place a strain on water security? As Marco, you pointed out earlier that climate change amplifies the intensity and frequency of extreme weather patterns. This threatens the stability and availability of freshwater supply further. You might be surprised to know that 9 out of 10 natural disasters are water-related. For example, Brazil's severe droughts have negatively impacted farming yields and industrial productivity. In Cape Town, South Africa, a lack of rainwater well below historical levels left the city's main reservoir almost empty in March 2018. An analysis by the World Resource Institute shows that even in the United States, China and India are not spared. Take China, for example. Overextraction of underground water in cities such as Beijing has weakened the underground rock structure over the years. So, in order to alleviate this problem, the North South Water Transfer Project was opened in December 2014, costing $62 billion. Also, pursuing innovative technologies can help reduce the burden on water consumption. This presents a compelling investment opportunity for investors. 
Now, um, there was a 2019 World Bank study which found that out of the 17 most water-stressed countries in the world, 12 are in the Middle East and North Africa. And this is quoting from the piece directly. Uh, but you're right that as climate change issues worsen, this issue has no borders and no one will be left unscathed. How have you seen various governments advancing their water policy and agendas to address this? And what are the areas that are likely to be in focus? On a positive note, governments are advancing their water agenda through regulations, drive funding towards infrastructure spending, and support the commercialization of water solutions. In developing markets such as China and India, as the population grows richer and millions of people move into cities, this growing urbanization means more demand for clean water. Governments are putting efforts into building better water infrastructure and wastewater treatment facilities. In developed markets, one-third of freshwater leaks are due to cracks in pipes. Governments there are expected to focus on upgrading and replacing dilapidated water networks. Some notable projects include China's Water 10 Plan, where $300 billion have been directed to address water pollution to safeguard China's water supply and improve water quality. Another development to watch out for is the $2 trillion infrastructure plan recently announced by the US end of March. President Biden announced $111 billion will be dedicated to ensure safe and drinking water for communities. In this plan, Biden also discussed about improving drinking water quality, explicitly highlighting lead and PFAS as harmful substances, which poses health concerns. So by designating PFAS first as a hazardous substance, then setting limits for PFAS content in the Safe Drinking Water Act and accelerating research on PFAS are concrete actions in place to clean up and protect U.S. drinking water. Marco, we are both based in Singapore. I'm sure you're aware that the Singapore government has taken massive steps to ensure Singapore's water security in order to be self-sufficient by diversifying the nation's water sources. Since 2006, the government has committed $670 million to foster water innovation. Sustainability initiatives include constructing five water recycling plants, which now provide 40% of Singapore's water, improving new water recovery and low energy desalination. As an emerging global hydro hub, the local ecosystem is home to 200 water companies and 25 water research institutes to drive water innovation. This is a very uh, good example close to home, how the water sector continues to thrive and grow. That's fantastic. Thank you for the, uh, for the thorough explanation. Now that we have covered public sector initiatives, let's delve deeper into the private sector, shall we? Uh, in our very own Opportunity 2030 report released this year, last year, we have set out the potential for private sector investment in specific United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, or also known as SDGs, particularly in emerging markets. Now, our research shows that there is a 125 billion US dollar opportunity um, in private sector investments, specifically related to the SDG number six, that is the Clean Water and Sanitation uh, SDG. Now, quoting directly from our group CEO, Bill Winters, the UN Sustainable Goals are amongst the most ambitious projects humanity's ever attempted. Currently, not enough capital is reaching the countries that need it the most, though. So with the UN's 2030 deadline for achieving the SDGs just shy of 10 years away, the time to act is now. Those are the words from our group CEO. But what are some of your observations when it comes to water and the private sector? 
We think the water sector is highly capital intensive. While you're looking at extensive pipe and infrastructure system, storage facility, dams, wells, and pumps. Marco, you highlighted the investment dollars needed in emerging markets. In developed markets like the US, the estimated required um, investment ranges from $385 billion to $1.3 trillion over the next 20 years to replace, upgrade, and expand water and wastewater infrastructure. We believe that governments are likely to act on closing the gap between existing and required funding needs soon. In some countries, there are even privatization prospects, obviously broadening well for the long-term prospects of the water sector. Again, an example close to home in Singapore, the Public Utilities Board has extensively partnered with the private sector for specialized competency and, and competitive advantage on um, low-cost um, alternatives in areas like water desalination and wastewater reclamation. I would like to highlight that newfound ways of dealing with um, water scarcity comes about really with um, strong government support. From a regulation standpoint, I guess the governments are definitely able to influence and shape how the water sector will transform in the years to come. Yes, that's right. Now, to summarize your points, the support we see from both public and private sectors are important. Governments need to focus on the water crisis, set the policies and develop conducive frameworks to ensure quality competition and fighting potential corruption. While the private sector is also needed, with government support as well, to give access to modern technologies and improved efficiencies. Now, let's uh, answer a question an investor listening to this podcast may ask, shall we? If an investor wants to invest in water, what type of companies and innovations would he or she look at? Are these just utilities companies? Indeed, Marco. For people unfamiliar with this space, it can be quite difficult to pinpoint what the water universe looks like and what it could potentially offer. Broadly speaking, the water universe comprises of three main areas. One, water infrastructure. Two, water treatment. And three, water efficiency and utilities. Maybe let me just walk you through an example of each. An example of water infrastructure could be um, companies providing a precision leak detection uh, system to identify the exact location of leaks in water pipe and prevent further pipe leakages. It could be um, the tracking of water pressure and flow in a nationwide water distribution system or the use of smart analytics to reduce uh, water loss and unnecessary repairs. As for water treatment, an example could be companies that specialize in filtration system and UV disinfection using technologies to remove impurities, bacteria, and contaminants to ensure safe and healthy um, water supply. Lastly, in the water utilities sector, companies that have revolutionary desalination methods or advanced water and waste management processes um, in order to provide clean water supply in an efficient and cost-effective way. As you can see, many of these companies are actually pretty innovative, have specialized technology that provides solutions um, across the entire um, water value chain. So the proposition for water investment definitely goes beyond just utilities, stretching across a diverse range of businesses. Indeed, as you've just, uh, just elaborated, looks like the universe offers a lot of opportunities and is much broader than uh, someone may think at first. Now, here's another question from an investor's perspective. When we look at a portfolio, where does an investment in water-related solutions fit? And uh, how can investors look to enhance and diversify their portfolios by investing in the water sector? 
So the investment opportunities in the water sector are very diverse and resilient. It spans across the global economy, in different markets, sectors and regions, encompassing both defensive and cyclical businesses um, throughout an economic cycle. Within the water sector, water utilities is generally a defensive, non-cyclical sector with a consistent and stable um, earning profile. Such quality makes this sector especially attractive uh, during a gloomy economic climate. In more upbeat times, as spending increases, cyclical sectors such as industrials uh, could benefit. From a geographical perspective, Europe has one of the most advanced uh, water recycling, reuse and treatment policies due to supportive regulatory landscape and growing innovation in the region. But we also note that the current policies and spending in the US and Asia are going to provide substantial tailwinds for water-related companies too. Overall, we believe that investing in the water sector offers good diversification qualities from an overall portfolio perspective. Thank you, Jessica. We have covered quite a bit today. Um, do you have any final comments before we wrap up? Sure, Marco. We do expect strong growth in the value of water due to rising global demand um, over the coming decades. Proposed spending on water-related um, infrastructure development is huge in both developed and developing countries. The broadening gap between water supply and demand will continue to drive the need for more efficient, um, innovative solutions globally. We believe these factors should be supportive of water-related companies as it offers attractive growth opportunities in widely diversified um, end markets. It is a resilient area for an investment, and we believe it is well-placed to deliver um, outperformance for decades to come that um, investors should really be um, part of. Thank you again, Jessica, for joining our conversation today. Thanks, Marco. It's been a pleasure. That is all for this episode of Standard Charter Money Insights. If you would like to learn more or read our publications, please visit our website at sc.com under Latest Market Insights. As a reminder, if you enjoyed our discussion, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.